Welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friends. I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com, and I'm so thankful you're here to spend part of your day with me. This is episode 43, and it's titled Hope for Imperfect Parents. So how many imperfect parents are out there? Raise your hands. I'm hoping that all my parents out there raise their hands. We're going to experience failure in our parenting. It's not an option, but a reality in our lives on this fallen earth. Don't we all find ourselves at times sure that we have ruined our children? How many times have we yelled, acted rashly in our correction, maybe didn't correct when we needed to, and the list of mistakes and sinful responses towards them we've made over the years sadly goes on. We're going to fail. And in saying that, it doesn't mean that our failures shouldn't affect us. And I know that we are all saddened by the times we've caused hurt in any way to our children. And this isn't a podcast to just give us a pass to the failures that we've caused to our children. We need to seek the forgiveness of our children. We need to repent of our wrongs we've caused them and to the best of our ability and by the grace of God, avoid hurting them in the future when possible. We must always remember that we are sinners parenting sinners. Sin affects every one of our relationships. <clears throat> Romans seven eighteen and 19 is true in my role as a parent, just as it's true in my relationship with all others on this earth. And it says, for I know the good itself does not, I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is, that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out for I do not do the good I want to do. But the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing, Paul says there. <clears throat> Parenting is a difficult task, and it's really impossible in our own strength. And I need the constant reminder that my children are a gift from the Lord to me, and I want to be mindful of what the Lord desires and expects of how He wants me to raise these children. We all have visions of perfect parenting, right? We picture our homes that are just this perfect place of order and peace filled with much joy and laughter, and it seems lovely in our minds or on paper or charts as we set up routines and schedules for what we would like our days to look like, but so many times the day doesn't get much beyond the breakfast table and our attitudes are not peaceful or joyful. Our intentions are good, but how many times are we as the parents the ones that are lacking discipline? How many times are we the ones not sticking to the schedule or breaking the rules or responding harshly? Too many times we can think that our schedule or our routines are going to bring about order and peace. But this thinking, when we do that, it leaves God out and it has us loving our rules and our plans and thinking that doing it our way is best more than really loving God. We can too quickly compare ourselves to others who are more organized or can seemingly stick to. And trust me, I am one who loves routines, so I'm a strong supporter of them. But 
As parents, we need to accept the way that God designed us. It's good to have structure and order to your day. That's a good thing. Our God is a God of order, and that's pretty clear just reading through Genesis. I mean, these are that we need to eat and to bathe, and we need tidy homes and to teach our children so many things about the Lord and life in general. But my point I want you to grasp is though these are good and necessary parts of our lives, and we're commanded in the scriptures to train up our children. And let me give you two passages here. One is Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And our other reminder is Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates." So as I read these passages, these are good instructions and reminders of how God has called us to train and raise our children. But we need to remember, we can't change their hearts. God is the one who changes hearts. God is the one in control of their salvation. Matthew 19, 25-26 reminds us, When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. John 6.37 tells us, All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. Okay, so please note again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with rules and routines. I don't want you to get that from this. That's not what I'm saying, because they are needed. There's a helpful article I'm going to link to from Desiring God. Um, I believe John Piper wrote it, and it's called Parents Require Obedience of Your Children. But we need to remember that we may develop well-mannered, obedient children, but these things are not a guarantee to create a child who is godly. John Piper says, and I believe I must have grabbed this quote from that particular article, children need to obey before they can process obedience through faith. When faith comes, the obedience which they have learned from fear and reward and respect will become the natural expression of faith. Not to require obedience before faith is folly. It's not loving in the long run. It cuts deep furrows of disobedient habits that faith must then not infuse, but overcome. End quote there. So we're not perfect in general or in our parenting, but we already know this, right? I'm not telling you something new that you don't already know. But remember, it's God's grace that transforms our lives and the lives of our children. It's not our perfect home, or more likely, it's not our perfect or more likely our imperfect parenting. Let me rephrase that, sorry. God is the only one that has the power to transform their hearts and minds. This doesn't mean that we don't strive to set a pattern and routine for our homes that directs the heart of our children towards Him. It's our duty as parents to train up our children in His ways, but we can't trust that our parenting, because we did all things right, is going to save them. Our current culture puts such a strong view on how our upbringing can be the blame for when things didn't turn out well in someone's life. That's a lot of pressure to put on parents because when we do, when do we 
get to a point where we can think we've provided well enough. How many failures are too many failures? Or how many good parenting moments are enough, right? I just think, I I didn't come to Christ until I was an adult. And I come from a very broken and unbelieving family. And I can say, it truly is only by the grace of God I am what I am today. I know my parents loved me and did the best they knew at that time, but I was still responsible for my own choices. My parents were still raising a sinner. So even if my parents were Christians and provided me with the most nurturing, Christian-loving home, the reality was still as a child, I was a sinner and I would still be prone to sinful actions of lying and selfishness, laziness, a multitude of other sinful behaviors and actions, just as my parents would be. So let me bring this around to those of us who are parents and Christians. God has done a work in our hearts and his grace gives us the desire to be God glorifying in our parenting. We want to honor him. That's our desire as Christian parents. But how many times can we fall into the attitude of little Pharisees when we begin by putting trust in our great parenting skills, or we've been great at getting our kiddos to follow all the rules we've laid out before them, or we compare our families with other families and think, hey, my kids would never do that or turn out that way. We forget that God is the one in control and that the outcome of their lives is not based on my perfect or imperfect parenting, but on God's grace and calling and work in their lives. I don't know the plans that he has for my children, right? The quote I like to remind myself often is, it is only by the grace of God I go. And that's not originally from Jerry Bridges, but that's where I heard it from. And that was a great reminder to me when I start to get that little self-righteous Pharisee attitude. It is only by the grace of God I go. The Apostle Paul says that too, basically in 1 Corinthians fifteen ten, He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. It is such a reminder to us to stay humble and not take all the credit or glory when their lives do turn out well, but to give it back to the one, capital O, to who it's due, back to the Lord. This truth frees us from putting a burden on ourselves of having to be perfect parents. We need to be parents who realize We've all fallen short and sinned. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. And we need to trust that Jesus is all we need for life and godliness. We need to seek forgiveness when we sinned against them, right? I know it hurts us when we've hurt or disappointed a loved one. I don't like watching my family members go through pain, but to know that I'm the one that caused it is really hard. Humility is one of the most powerful examples the Lord has used in our family to display His grace. Let your children see how you handle when you've hurt or wronged them and what you do to make it right. Our kids already know when we mess up, and it's so good for them to see how we own up to it and take responsibility for where we've wronged them or another family member. It's a great example to them. Ladies, do not miss those opportunities. Make sure you seek forgiveness first from the Lord when you've sinned against a family member, and then seek forgiveness from the one you've sinned against. Our homes are such training grounds for God's grace. When our children see the power of God's grace at work in our lives as we deal with sin, it's going to have much more impact to remind them that our God is a merciful and gracious and kind and loving Father. The hope 
is they would see God's pattern for forgiveness and help them to learn how to forgive others, to seek forgiveness when needed, and to not develop bitter hearts towards others. What about even learning to respond to our children with patience, right? And in sharing, this is just from my personal experience I'm sharing, my patience level is much higher when I've been spending time with the Lord on a regular basis, when his thoughts are first on my mind and heart. I think Psalm 119, 11, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I'm not making this a law, but it's just a very powerful suggestion that I highly recommend. Plan time with the Lord daily to read and to study his word and to be in prayer. Extending patience to our children is not just in times of correction, but many times when we're teaching them. Because so many times, I get it, we can vacuum the floor or clean up a table faster on our own. But when we take the time and we show patience and we walk alongside them to teach them these important skills in a gentle manner, in a kind way, it models patience in all circumstances. It is a great time to talk about how our God is so long-suffering with us. God's love is expressed through us when we're showing patience in a difficult situation. God's love is not evident when we are responding with a heart of impatience. Listen, we're not going to respond patiently every time. I get it. So I'm going to direct you back to what we just talked about, about seeking forgiveness when we've sinned. (laughs) So that is going to be a reality. What about ways to help them see God's unconditional love? God's love is not based on our performance when we are in Christ, right? And our love for our children should not be based on our performance. Because if we're in Christ, we now have the power to love others unconditionally. We're not to hold grudges, to bring up past wrongs, to have a pity party when we've been wronged against, but we are to follow his model of forgiveness 70 times 7, as it says in Matthew 18, 22. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that God's love and forgiveness for me is not based on my performance. I fail daily. Sin must be dealt with, but God's love must be demonstrated in our forgiveness towards them. Um, Also, as I'm stating that, I'm just thinking that through. If you're around, um, there's still time to get on that homemaking conference, and I'm really going to talk through in one of my sessions on what it looks like to preach the gospel to ourselves. So my session goes up live tomorrow, which would be Thursday. I think that's the 27th as I'm recording this. So um, and it's obviously once you buy the conference, it's yours forever. So you can go back and watch them again and again and again. And there's just a lot of different areas. But the one session I'm working through is our identity in Christ. And I'm doing that one back to back with Jamie. And then there's the in the kitchen family life and homemaking routine. So I know I look forward to this week. And actually, we're going to be in the heat of it as this podcast is going up. But um, so if my conference goers are there, please If you're a podcast listener, please come say hi to me in the group and let me know that when I go live on Facebook and I'm in the group, I'd love to hear from you guys. So I'm looking forward to that tomorrow. Um, Also, I'm coming back to that. So we just talked about just helping our kids to see God's unconditional love and also to remember that each child is unique, right? We know this. Whether you have two children or 10 children, you know that they are all so different. I know there's some similarities, but for the most part, they're so different in their personalities. God has graced each of us with unique abilities and likes and preferences and gifts. And obviously, that includes our children. We need to remind ourselves to allow our children to be who God created them to be and not who we desire them to be. Take the time to study your children and learn how you can encourage their unique characteristics. Don't force them into a mold of who you think they should be. 
Learn to encourage them to use their gifting to glorify the Lord by serving and loving others. I want my imperfect parenting to point them to another with a capital A. My hope is to model for them what repentance looks like and that seeking forgiveness from others is a skill that was modeled for them in our own home. And it's an example that I want them to take into their families and marriages. What better place to learn about God's love and forgiveness than to see what it looks like lived out among those we love and spend the most time with. This is one way the gospel is lived out before the eyes of our children, because the best model of graceful parenting that we can give our children is for them to continue to see their parents relying on God's grace in all things. The Lord is mighty to save your children despite your perfect or imperfect parenting. I want to give us a quote here from Elise Fitzpatrick, and it's a long one. Bear with me. I'm going to put it in the show notes, but it's just some good stuff in here. She says, most of us are painfully aware that we're not perfect parents. We're also deeply grieved that we don't have perfect kids, but the remedy to our mutual imperfections isn't more law, even if it seems to produce tidy or polite children. Christian children and their parents don't need to learn to be nice. They need death and resurrection and a savior who has gone before them as a faithful high priest who was a child himself and who lived and died perfectly in their place. They need a savior who extends the offer of complete forgiveness, total righteousness, and indissoluble adoption to all who believe. This is the message we all need. We need the gospel of grace and the grace of the gospel. Children can't use the law any more than we can because they will respond to it the same way we do. They'll ignore it or bend it or obey it outwardly for selfish purposes. But this one thing is certain, they won't obey it from the heart because they can't. That's why Jesus had to die, end quote there. So also in reference to loving our children, to the reference in Titus 2.4, Carolyn Mahaney said, she said, what is the ultimate purpose of a phileo kind of love? It's nothing less than the salvation of our children's souls. This is the chief end of mothering. Our goal is not that our children be happy, fulfilled, and successful. Granted, we may desire these things for them, but our highest objective should be that our children would repent from their sins and put their trust in Jesus Christ and reflect the gospel to the world around them. End quote. This is true love for our children, ladies, to point them to Christ and their need for a Savior and to continually pray for them. This reminds me of 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So God's grace is sufficient, mamas. If we're feeling like we have failed as a mother, know that his grace is sufficient and his mercies are new every day. Look to the cross where there's forgiveness for your sins and his strength is there to help you grow in godliness. Rely on his spirit to love your children with a tender affectionate love daily that points to him in all things because where we are weak, he is strong. And may we not lose sight of the work of God's grace in their lives and ours. The hope is we would glorify the Lord in our parenting by relying on His grace and praying that His Spirit would draw them to Christ. Because you know where I'm going to end here. Jesus is enough always. 
So thank you so much for giving me part of your day today. You can find the show notes and the resources mentioned at the blog at thankfulhomemaker.com. I'll have the information there on the conference, the Homemaking Deep Dive Summit, if you're interested. And um, kind of a fun fact, this little podcast has crossed over 100,000 downloads. And as I'm sharing this, I'm working on a fun giveaway to celebrate. So look for that coming soon. I don't know when. So I'm saying coming soon, which could be a month or a week or two months. So be patient with me on that. And if this podcast has been an encouragement to you, I'd love you to leave a review or rating wherever you listen. And because of your ratings and reviews, more ladies are finding it. So that is a blessing. I so appreciate you all. Thank you so, so much, my very dear friends, and have a very blessed week. 